on the podcast where all the really cool kids hang out. Welcome to Build Your Tribe with your host, Shalene Johnson. What's up, Hotshot? I'm so glad you're here. Listen, I want to tell you, I've been reading your comments and I've been listening to the messages that you've been leaving on my podcast page. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can go to my website, shalenejohnson.com forward slash podcast. And there you'll find what's called speaker pipe. And it's like a little application on that page where you can actually record me a voicemail. And some of your messages have been Well, interesting. But the ones that I've been really paying attention to are the ones where you've been suggesting what type of content you'd like for this show. And many of you said, hey, can you bring on someone who like we can relate to, who, you know, maybe hasn't written a blockbuster book and and maybe who's doing it from their home and doesn't have a team at their disposal? Could you bring on somebody who's not a web developer, who isn't great at graphic design, who's killing it, but like can keep it real? And my answer to that request is asking you shall receive. You're about to meet Diane Hockman. Diane is the first to tell you that she's notorious for having techno mishaps. She's often late to figure out technology. And she even says most days she feels like she totally needs to update her website and learn new things. But despite all of that, Diane has been able to create and manage a huge empire and transition from a business as a distributor, as a network marketer, to what she's doing today. Today, Diane pursues her passion, her purpose, which is teaching other home-based businesses how to kill it. She's a teacher, just like me, and she's the founder of the Home and Small Business Network. Today, Diane helps people from around the globe how to build profitable businesses online. She teaches you how to attract the right kind of people. As she says, how to sing your song and have people find you. But before she made this transition to becoming an expert, Diane climbed to the top of the ranks in her network marketing organization, not by signing up thousands of distributors, rather by attracting just a little over 200 people, the best, well-suited, perfectly fitting members of her tribe. It's not always big numbers. It's really more about attracting the right kind of people. And many of those people are still with her today. She has one of the most engaged and loyal fan bases I've ever seen on Facebook. And her list is it's homegrown. It's it's the way you can build your empire. What you're going to love about Diane is she's totally real. She's a hoot. And I can't wait for you to hear how she attracted me to her. Diane, are you there? I am here. She's there, everybody. We are so lucky to hear from you today. I have to share with you. I don't know if I've ever told you the story, but when I realized, oh my gosh, I can't just rely on the fact that an infomercial might be a blockbuster because I had a basically a flop on my hands. I realized I had to figure out how to do my own marketing, like attraction marketing and affiliate marketing and and you know to basically offer what it was I was passionate about on the internet. And one of the very first videos I came across was one of yours on YouTube. Oh wow. And that's how I subscribed to your I subscribed to your newsletter. This is a true story or subscribed on your website. And I started getting these emails. I'm like, are, are are these to me? Like this is, she already knows me. And I just was so like, wow, felt like I knew you and very connected to you in your emails right away. And since that time, I've been a member of your tribe. 
Aw, <laughs> well, that's exciting. Yeah, and I just, I think that's part of what we would get to talk about today is how it doesn't matter where you live and who you know, but if you have a message to share and you are just you unapologetically, those who are looking for someone like you will find you. That is so true. Now, I know you've been in network marketing for many years. Can you just kind of bring our listeners up to date with, you know, just a brief overview of what your network marketing history looks like? Sure. Well, it was 1999. Uh, I had bought some uh, products from my husband's cousin, and um, they were working pretty well. And he invited me to a meeting. And I really and truly thought I was going to a meeting where we were like Weight Watchers, where we were going to discuss our feelings (laughs) and why we eat at night on the couch. And it turned out to be an opportunity meeting. I didn't Uh know what network marketing was. I had no sales background. All I knew is I was home with two babies. I had quit my job because I wanted to be home with the kids. And we were $40,000 in credit card debt with bill collectors calling. And I said, that's it. I'm doing this. I spent $72.95 to get into the industry. uh, And that was 15 years ago. So that's how I got started in network marketing. Are you with the same organization today? I still have that distributorship and I still have customers that have been with me since 1999. But I'm not currently building that particular uh, program at the moment. So the reason why I found you is because I was learning from you in those videos how to basically spread my words, get my message out in social media and attract the kind of people that I would want to work with. And if I'm not mistaken, that's that's really your calling and your passion and what you do today. It really is because in 2005, uh, social media started. You know, it was blogs first came out and then YouTube was born. And I saw this just wide world of opportunity and I became very passionate about what we all today call social media. So at a certain point, you decided to, and I'm asking, um, spend less of your focus on your on building your network and more geared towards teaching people what it was you had done to have that success. Is that true? You know, whether I chose it or it chose me, I'm not sure because my phone started ringing and people wanted me to come and teach, whether teach their organizations or other people were just calling and saying, hey, will you will you come and show us about this video thing or will you show Mm -hmm. us about this blogging thing? So I just fell in love with it and I gravitated in that direction. I didn't leave network marketing per se because I love it. It's where I grew up and I have a passion for it. But this let me serve more more home business people and particularly more moms. You know, I, yeah. I'm all about the moms. So you you actually teach entrepreneurs from any walk, any industry, any type of passive income. I kind of like working with people that have dabbled and now I can take them to a whole nother level as opposed to explaining the basic concepts. What do you think it is about you or what, what, what did you begin to understand that really made a difference for you in your business? And you thought, OK, I have to teach this to other people. What is that thing? You know, I I figured out that if you would just be you and sing your song, you know, Mm -hmm. in quotes, sing your song, people would show up, the exact right people. You would attract the people that you dreamed of working with instead of going through the horrors of sorting through the rejects and the, you know, the the whiners and the complainers. So um, I, I just wanted to show other people how easy their business could be. Why is that so hard for people? I, I mean, I... I understand what you're saying, but I think so many people struggle with being themselves and understanding what that means. Because it's not just being yourself. It's it's putting yourself out there in a way that attracts the right kind of people to you. So what do you think the first steps are? And I just knowing who you are and what your personal brand is. It's. I was just going to say, you need to know who you are and what you stand for, what your message is. A lot of people get into business and their goal is to make income. 
Mm. as opposed to having a passion for something and wanting to get the word out and drive income through working that passion. So people have to have a message. Social media is very easy when you have a message. It's very hard when you're not sure what that message is. Mm. How does somebody know what their message is when they're like, I don't know what my message is. I just, I know I'm passionate about this thing that I'm doing, but I I don't know what my message is. How, How do they figure that out? I think if they examine how they discovered that thing that they're passionate about, if they examined what it is about that thing that they love, and they thought about how many people, how many people's lives they could enhance if they went out and shared that passion, they'd realize that they do have a message. They do have a calling. They do have an audience or a tribe sitting there waiting for them. I agree. I agree. I think, though, that people, when they, they, they know all those things, but what they start to get caught up in is selling. Yes, very much so. Very much so. So how do you help someone understand that there's a difference? Well, I'm out. I teach people about how to share what we call on the internet content. Content could be an audio, a video, a written piece. I mean, this podcast is a piece of content. Right. And woven inside of the content while you're sharing with people or educating people, um, sharing your ideas and thoughts, woven inside of that can be an offer. There can, you can point, my mentor taught me to point, don't pander. You Mm -hmm. can point at different products and services that might serve the audience that you're talking to. And it's funny, they just tend to go. Mm. They just tend to go. So, Chili, you know, um, I'm guessing based upon my observations of you that you enjoy shopping. Is that true of you? It's, yes, guilty. Guilty as charged. And and you kind (laughs) of like shoes just a little bit. Yeah. And I'm really kind of mad at Facebook because they're always like retargeting me. I'm just trying to get my job done and they keep showing me what's still sitting in my cart. It's rude. But they're so cute, those shoes that were in the cart that you walked away from. So imagine that your favorite shoe store, there is a person called the buyer and their job is to go out and find the cutest shoes of the season to put in front of the clientele. And their job is to know who the people are that come Mm. into the store. Mm -hmm. So if you know who your audience is or you know who you're looking to get in front of and you kind of know what they dig because you work on studying this a little bit, Mm -hmm. it's really easy. Like if I took you into a great shoe store and put you in front of a bunch of shoes, Mm -hmm. what are the chances that you're going to walk out of the store without shoes? Uh, Very low. (laughs) Very low. Nobody would have to sell you. Nobody would have to convince you. They might just say, oh, these just came in or these are the new, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, they wouldn't have to sell you or convince you or cajole you. All they'd have to do is put you in front of what Mm -hmm. you already were looking for. That's what we're able to do on the Internet is put people in front of what they were already looking for. They just didn't know how to find. So what do you believe is the most effective today, like the most effective way to do that? I like I I like Facebook and I like video. Uh, Facebook I like dark posts, mm-hmm. um, which are ads that you can run through your fan page, but people don't see them posted on your fan page, and you mm-hmm. can target different audiences. So, and of course, I like video because people can feel us on video. And what's really cool is you can now do ads on Facebook with video. Yeah. So it's taking it to a whole nother level. And just one more reason, lifers, to make sure you've got a like page. You just you can't do this on your personal profile page. And and that's very intentional on the part of Facebook. And and it's you don't have to have a ginormous following to have some really effective results on Facebook. Absolutely. How big of a part of your strategy is YouTube and video? 
you know, it's funny. Uh, for years, I did an awful lot of video, and I think I've just gotten busy. Um, so I haven't done as much video lately. But what's really neat about content marketing is it's residual. Yeah. Meaning that all the content that I've made over all these years just keeps on sending me leads and keeps on sending me customers. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't get an email or a call from somebody saying, I found you on YouTube. So yeah. um, it, it's been a very integral uh, pillar of marketing for me. Uh, I I haven't done a tremendous amount because I've been doing a lot more webinars lately. Mm-hmm. But when we use uh, when we use Hangouts, they are videos. So yeah, you know, it's really cool. You are so good. I jumped like just randomly when I first started like really understanding this attraction marketing. You put out something on Facebook like I'm I'm doing a live call. Jump on. And I'm like okay. So I jumped on, <laughs> and uh, I remember you were like. Shalene Johnson's on the call. I remember that day. (laughs) But I was was like, okay, if you can do a live call and have no idea who's going to be on the call and what questions they're going to throw your way, you know your stuff. And you you completely had my trust. You have me in the palm of your hand on that call because I'm like, this isn't scripted. She has no idea what people are going to ask her. And you had like a dentist on there and someone who's in network marketing and people were asking all different types of questions and your integrity and your answers really are very consistent. So I felt taken care of. You know, I'm glad to hear you say that because it really is a community that I'm building. And in fact, last night uh, in one of my courses, I was talking about sales cycles Mm -hmm. and that I like long sales cycles. What that means is usually we would have a capture page or some type of ad or some type of capture mechanism. Like a lead magnet? Exactly. And you have some great terminology, uh, you you know, a free where you offer a freemium and you Mm -hmm. have a lead magnet. And, um, and then somebody might see an offer right after that. So they opt in and there's a sales page. I actually like to extend the sales cycle. So when I'm doing webinars and when I'm doing conference calls and I'm doing all of those types of loving calls that aren't necessarily sales calls, a lot of people don't always understand why I'm doing them. Mm-hmm. Um, why are you doing that? You're not making an offer. You're not making money on that call or that webinar. Well, the reason why is because I'm building a trust bond that is largely unbreakable. And that's why I have people that have been with me, customers that have been with me for 15 years, 10 years, eight years, six years. They keep coming back over and over and over. And for a small business owner, a home business owner, um, I think that's really a big part of the key to getting into the multi-six figures that most people say they want to do. It's having those repeat customers. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to get somebody to buy over and over and over than it is to get a new customer. Much easier. It feels better. It's just taking care of your clientele. I equate it back to, I don't know if you remember Little House on the Prairie or the Waltons, that little general store, you know, Olson's, you know, you went down there and you had a pop and you hung out and you (laughs) talked with, you know, the owners and and they knew what you needed and they knew if you weren't supposed to get candy because your mom didn't want you to. Um, So I'm like that. I take care of my people and I have this group of folks that trust me. Um, And sometimes trust means sending them somewhere else. Yes. You don't have the product they need. It's Miracle on 34th Street. For those of you that remember that film, mm-hmm. Santa Claus sent the people across the street to Gimbel's and, mm-hmm. and, the, and the Macy's organization went nuts and thought, what are you doing? But he created loyalty amongst those customers that was world renowned. That is so profound. I have to say, lifers, there's one common theme that I hear over and over again with people who have 
created and cultivated this group of people who they they want to take care of and protect. And that's that it doesn't happen overnight. And it is really about taking care of people in the right way first. And it does feel better to have that relationship so solid that people stick with you no matter what. Can I add something to that? Of course. It's interesting because a lot of folks, when they hear these concepts, they get a little confused because they think, okay, so I'm going to take care of this person for a long time and not make money, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to just love on people. I'm going to serve people. We always hear how much value are you adding, all those terms that Mm -hmm. we hear. But you have to. It's like two sides of the pendulum. We want to instill trust and we want to build long-term customer relationships. But we also need to make offers Mm -hmm. on a regular basis because if we don't, we won't have cash flow today. If we, won't, if we don't have cash flow today, our business won't survive. And if our business doesn't survive, we can't look after those people for the long term. So it's that wonderful balance between putting out offers. And, and next time you guys go into a retail store, like we were talking about the shoe store, every pair of shoes in that store, every book on the shelf at Barnes & Noble, every single one of those is an offer. Nobody's offended by them being there. Nobody's offended that that book is sitting on the shelf, nobody feels pitched. And yet, it's there for you to buy. I'm always offering things for people to buy and laying it in front of them in case they'd like it. But I'm not pushing it in their face and trying to shove it down their throat that you must buy. That's right. And, you know, I think that's the the misnomer for a lot of people once they realize there's an opportunity for me to make a, a passive income or at least an online income. And they think they've got to lead with the sale because I don't know why. Because if you look at anybody who's at the top of any organization, they don't do that. It's, it's offered when it's the appropriate time. But the trust is built there first. I, I say it's kind of like walking into a bar, making a connection with a girl and saying, all right, let's go home and have I know, a one-night right? stand. You know? Right? But on the flip side, most people would like to get to know you before they buy a product yeah. or a service from you. Most people would like to get to know you before they go have coffee with you the next day. We won't be naughty. Um, so it's, it's really a balance. And the balance is, um, truthfully, it's common sense. How would we want to be treated? If you walk into a store and you want to buy something, I want the guy to bring out the shoes. It's like I need black pumps, medium height, uh, you know, not suede. So the guy can bring me out six pairs of shoes. If I told him what I was looking for and he wouldn't bring me some shoes, I'd leave. Right. Right. But if I walked into somewhere that was a social environment, a party, and somebody was trying to shove something down my throat and sell me something, I would find that offensive. So it's really about environment, how people enter into the business, uh, your business, what the circumstances are of their entry, mm-hmm. um, whether it was a sales uh, type of entry where they were looking for a product or service present it, or whether it was a freemium where they were right. looking for some training. Now, we both love to speak in hypotheticals and to give analogies, but in concrete examples, where would you suggest someone who's a student of yours, where do they begin creating this content? that attracts the right kind of people. Okay. There's three things that I teach people they should be doing every day, and they are super simple. Okay. The first thing is they should meet 10 people in their marketplace. Um, Not 
not get them on your list, not sell them anything. You just should be constantly expanding your circle of influence, um, your warm market. So we're out meeting 10 people. You can meet them on Facebook. You can meet them on YouTube. They're sitting all over. You should uh, have a newsletter. I think everybody should have a personal newsletter. Um, And you should write that list every day. Whether there's one person or 1,000 or 1 million people on the list, you should write that list. If your goal is every day, you're going to end up writing three, four times a week. And then you should create that piece of content. Now, that piece of content, it's pretty simple. Everybody has a cell phone. Everybody has an iPad or a tablet or something. Everybody has a computer with a webcam. It doesn't have to be fancy, and it doesn't have to be all edited and slick. But what we want to do is get on that camera or get on that microphone, get on that cell phone, and do what I call say something. Say something. And if if it's relevant, point towards somewhere for them to go find out more or buy something, but say something. And most people don't want to say something. So to recap that, um, meet 10 people, you know, broaden your circle of influence. That is in reference to social media. Yeah. And then number two, when you said to, that you're you're writing a newsletter every day, like I started to have heart palpitations, I guess that could also be translated into writing a blog or just writing something that people can be served by and know a little bit about what it is you stand for, your message each day. I I personally like actually having a, a automated newsletter with mm-hmm. an autoresponder. And if you're writing a blog, then just send out an email saying there's a new blog post. That's okay. fine. But I want to be in somebody's inbox multiple times a week. And I love I love that you said number three was it, you called it content. But then I love your term, which is say something. Number three, yes. is just say something, say something about what you stand for. And the say something doesn't mean that you have to say something about your product. Am I right? Exactly. It could be, um, let's say we're talking about people that are working out. It could be just, it could be just saying something about how your workout went today and what was hard and what was easy and what your challenge is for tomorrow. It could just be a video of you with a new move that you just learned and how it's enhanced your workout. It could be a quick video of how you made your, your, um, you know, your shake or whatever you're taking or your supplements today. It could Mm -hmm. be any of those things, these are things that people struggle with. Share yeah. with them, help them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that people say something that may not relate at all to their product. It Correct. just says a lot about your character, your value. and Because there's a, a lot of people selling your shake, your workout, your soap. What makes you stand out? I like to say something that's related to the audience, the mm-hmm. concerns of the audience, because mm-hmm. I could be selling, um, I could be selling nutritionals to people who want to stay young mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe who are a little bit more mature. I could be selling supplements to people that want to lose weight. I could be selling supplements to people that have arthritis. I could be selling. So uh, my audience isn't necessarily the same as my product, the audience that I've selected. That makes sense. That makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. And it's very fulfilling. Very much so, because when you get those letters from people saying, you really helped me today, it moves you and it makes you want to keep going. That's where you find that energy. Can I ask, I know you've got a, an amazing sequence of emails that, like I said, when I first started reading these, I'm like, oh, she's she knows me already. She must have Googled me. and But then I, it took some time for me to realize that they were actually part of a sequence. I write live. 
Now, I'm okay. a little different, and this is different than sales. This is my personal newsletter. If I'm doing a capture page that's sales for a product or something, mm-hmm. the letters are pre-written. Okay. But my personal Diane Hockman list mm-hmm. is written live, which is why it's always so relevant. What do you mean by written live? What does that mean? I do what's called a broadcast from my autoresponder. So every day I sit down and I write to my folks. The letter can be, I made chicken pot pie for dinner. There's a webinar tonight. Come on down. We're going to learn about Facebook ads. Or it could be something very eloquent and spiritual and and moving. Or it could be kind of just me blowing off steam about things that frustrate me. You never know. Depends on the day. Okay, so let's just clarify terminology. When you say you write them live, you're not suggesting that you have a new subscriber and that you Googled me and then wrote a personal no, letter to no, me. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, inside of an autoresponder, um, there's a function. You can pre-program letters to go out mm-hmm. in a sequence sure. or you can do a broadcast and that allows us to write a letter the same day that goes out instantaneously. So I could literally right now after we finish this uh, this podcast, I could go write a letter out to my list and they'd have it from w- within five minutes of me pushing the send button. Yep. And and just for fun, who, what, what email provider do you love at the moment? I've used AWeber for 10 years. It's, it's, I I just, it's the one I know how to use. Great. (laughs) And do you have a particular company that you like to use for your quote unquote lead magnet? I actually work with a company called My Lead System Pro. I'm one of their top folks over there and I use their tools for creating those. Awesome. And we'll, we'll put links to both of those in our show notes. I like to tell people there isn't one size that fits everybody. Do your research, figure out based on your budget, based on your objectives, uh, based on how technical you are, which is the right one for you. Diane, you have taught me a lot about reaching people on the internet, social media marketing, uh, marketing attraction, and you were one of my first introductions. But I loved knowing that you yourself say, I am technologically disabled. <laughs> so tell us how you've been able to do this if, if that's truly how you describe yourself. Okay. Well, I always do the simplest stuff, I have to admit. I've, I've boiled it down to the, the, as much simplicity as possible. That's why whenever somebody gives me their excuse that they can't, I'm like, uh, I don't buy your excuse. But also over time and practice, when you want to get the word out, when you want to get something done, you'll learn. You know, I sat down, I remember the first time I edited a video, I wanted to, you know, stab myself, sorry to be graphic, <laughs> but I, I, I said, I will not go to bed until I've completed this video, put it on YouTube, and I will not go to bed. That's what I do to myself. It's like, you will learn this. Now, I may not learn anything for six months after that. And, you know, you learn stuff when you want to go. But here's what's cool, guys. If you'll do what you already know how to do, mm-hmm. okay, start where you are and do it consistently, one of two things will happen. You're either going to become very proficient at that thing, or you'll get frustrated enough that you don't have leverage. And that's the day you'll sit down and learn Mm. how to use the next medium. Yep. Yeah. I remember thinking I will. I saw some kids text messaging. I don't even know what year it was. And I thought that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I will never do that. Why wouldn't you just pick up the phone and call? And now I'm like offended when someone calls me. I'm like, how Dare they think that we're on that level? <laughs> Isn't it funny? Now, but I, I, I think you're an amazing, um, you just write emails where you just, I know who you are. I love the way you talk. You, you talk in your emails. Can you give us your two best tips for writing emails? Yes. 
First one, you need to be very aware when we're online, we read down, not sideways. Mm. What do I mean by that? Our hand is on the mouse and Mm. we're scrolling down as we read, determining is there anything relevant here for me? So we must write in very short, not going wide all the way across the screen. We don't write in paragraphs like we would in English class. We need to write in short snippets and leave a lot of space in between the paragraphs and lines so that it becomes very consumable to the eye, very easy to read. I, I, I love that your first tip is a visual tip. Yeah, it's because the closer the copy, the harder it is for the eye to consume, particularly on a computer. So we want to break it up and leave a lot of room and remember to type downwards as opposed to wide. Um, And then the second tip I have for you guys, actually, I'm going to give three. You're going to beat me up. Second Second tip is write like you talk. Mm. Okay, write like you talk. If you would just, I mean, you could even record yourself talking and type it out. Don't write like you're an English class. Write like you talk. Mm. People will love it because they will actually hear your voice when they're reading it as they get to know you. And the third tip is after you've written something, read it aloud Mm -hmm. to check it. You will find your mistakes if you you speak the words. Most people want to skip this. They feel silly reading it aloud. I read every letter that I write aloud. My family thinks I'm nuts. Yeah, (laughs) big tip. We got three for the price of two. This is invaluable because I I do believe that people are short on time, but we have to maintain those relationships after somebody does subscribe to our newsletter, does ask for our freemium, our free content, our newsletter. And part of that is cultivating that relationship. What is it that you use to decide what you're sending in an email? What, What are we talking about? Okay, this is what I do. I keep a calendar It's my promotional calendar. Okay. And I plug in if there's anything special going on in my business. For example, let's say you're coming out with something new and you let me know ahead of time. I'm going to put that on my calendar. So I know that this month on these days, we're going to be promoting something from you. Uh, And I'll plug in all the different little things. Maybe you're working with a network marketing company and you have an opportunity call or something that you would like to talk about in your letters. And then all the days that I don't have something plugged in, Mm -hmm. those are the days where I'm just going to talk about stuff I'd like to talk about with folks. Um, So it's not always selling, but it's not always fluff, but it's that nice balance. And when I say fluff, people love fluff. Yeah. I'll write a a letter and say, hey guys, I I just got some swordfish and I need your best swordfish recipe. And I'll get a hundred people write me back. Yeah. And folks think, well, why would you want that? When people write you back, they're engaging with you. They feel like they know you. If they feel like they know you, they trust you. They trust you, they buy from you. And then you're a member. I think it's important to be a member of your community. Yes. Diane, fantastic. Is there anything you could share with us, the very best thing that you're doing right now to attract people um, and add them to your newsletter? It's. I was just going to say, you need to know who you are and what you stand for, what your message is. And more than anything, it's just to keep putting out your medium on multi-channels so that that way you're always protected. Your folks can always find you. If people love you, they'll follow you. Mm-hmm. These have been tremendous tips. Diane, thank you so much for all. I mean, I just could, we could talk for a couple more hours. And uh, I'm going to put links to every place you can find Diane. Your community on Facebook is so engaged. It's fun. I love it. And you've got some great resources and tools. And where, where can we find out more? Just dianehockman.com is my main site and uh, my main uh, opt-in is there. And, and people will giggle because there is not a freemium on that site. Um, and when they see it, they'll they'll giggle. It's it's very me, my little <laughs> opt-in uh, 
box there. Mm -hmm. And um, if there's anything I can do for anybody, um, reach out and find me. I'm on Facebook and uh, all over the place. So yes. Anyways, if even if you're driving right now and listening to this, we'll be sure to put those a link to that in our show notes. Thank you so much, Diane, for your time today. And um, it's just been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you, everybody, for investing some time with us today. We love you for listening. Thanks for listening, lifers. Shaleen invites you to join her for her free coaching program designed to help you get organized, productive, and laser-focused on what really matters. To sign up for her free video coaching program, please visit 30daypush.com. Oh, my God.